Hey everyone, welcome back to Peeling Back Money and Life. This is a great place to understand the multiple layers that money can play in your life and how we can maximize the money comes into our lives. As your host, it is my mission to provide my perspective and experience on how we can maximize our lives today while we plan for the future. So let's get into this week's episode where we will walk through important steps that you can take when you're making the decision about buying a vehicle that will serve you in the long term. Last week we talked about uh, home buying. Today we're going to talk about vehicle purchases. So why is why is vehicle purchases important to building wealth? Why are we discussing this? Well, this can this is the second biggest factor and sometimes the second the highest amount of money that you're going to spend over your lifetime excluding your home. But if you're an individual family who purchases cars every few years, this may be the biggest expense in your lifetime. So a, a vehicle is going to lose 20 to 30% in year one, a new vehicle, year one. About 10 to 15% from years two to six, it just loses a ton as soon as you drive it off the lot after you buy it without even doing anything. That's new cars depreciate. It's not like a home where it may rise in value over time. Cars are going to depreciate. It is it is not looked at as an asset. So 10, 20 to 30% year one, 10 to 15% each year from years two to six, and about 10% as soon as you drive it off the lot. As soon as you drive, and it, obviously it's going to vary car to car. Some cars hold their value a little bit more. Some cars are going to drop a little bit more. But losing about 60% of the initial value in the first five years. And the average person doesn't even keep their vehicle five years. You can go to Kelly Blue Book to see the five-year cost to own, which includes insurance, repairs, maintenance, financing, state fees, fuel, plus depreciation. All those are huge to factor in when you're buying a vehicle. Whether it's something that you're buying for like a need or just a want, those are important things to factor in the long-term overall cost, not just that sticker price. You want to factor in those other things, insurance, repairs, maintenance, financing, state fees, fuel, plus depreciation. The truth of the matter is the less cars you buy in life, the greater wealth that you are going to have. You want to keep cars for at least 10 years and shoot for 15. I know that can seem a little bit extreme for some, but that is going to get you greater wealth. Um, me personally, the way I look at the way I look at cars, the way I look at vehicles, is, is safety gets me from point A to point B, and the use. You know, is it is it gonna be economical for me to to drive it from point A to point B? Is it going to fit everything that I want to fit in there? Um, you know, how many kids and so forth. Buying used versus buying new is also going to be greater wealth. You know, I, I talked about the first five years it's going to depreciate about 60 percent you know you, you can find some nice nice new used vehicles for right around that three four year range is kind of the sweet spot where not too many miles but it's going to have most of that depreciation already taken into effect and you know get inspected by a trusted mechanic buying new frequently less than five years or leasing even that's going to lead to less wealth so obviously cars depreciate, it can be very expensive over our lifetime. And some other vehicle mistakes that we we tend to make um, as individuals, as society, not don't reveal what you can afford to the to the dealership, to the salesman. Don't reveal if you have a trade-in or not until they make the best offer. Don't become attached to the car. Don't buy add-ons or extended warranty. 
Don't listen to the salesman, the financial institution, family, friends on what you can afford. So those are kind of the, the highlights, the points. But let's dig into the steps. So step one is figuring out how much you can afford. So just like just like home planning we talked about last week is know your budget. If you, if you haven't tracked your spending, if you don't know what you're bringing in per month, if it's, is it steady, is it variable, you should know your budget. 8% of that budget, the, it should be the max car payment. Ideally, you want it below 5%. And if you have two car payments, that, that same principle still applies. You're not timesing it by two. Your car payments in general, ideally below 5 max 8%. Again, do not share what you can afford with the salesman. And making sure that you are factoring the long-term cost of insurance, the title, the licensure, What's the history for maintenance and repairs? Is it a is it a reliable vehicle? Or is it not reliable? So figure that number out, and then from that number, you know, is it is it ten thousand? Is it twenty five thousand? Are you going to finance? Or you're not going to finance. So that kind of leads into step two. Is it going to be a used vehicle or a new vehicle? So one the obviously you answered question number one. That's going to help you a little bit. Can you even afford a new vehicle? It may be either question. It may be nope. I'm doing used, or it may be ah. Oh, we'll see if I get a good deal. I do have enough funds. I do my budget can handle it if it's within this range. Well, next question. Some of the next questions would be how long do you plan on keeping the vehicle? Again, ideally ten to fifteen plus years. Anything lower than ten. Um, not ideal. So, and what has been your history with keeping the vehicles? Know thyself. Has your history been train them in every few years? Has your history been riding the vehicle until it just it runs out, it dies, it's unsafe? So, find used vehicle prices can kind of help out. Kind of that three or four year range is a sweet spot, but maybe you're comfortable with uh, choosing cars that are a little bit older. You, if you're buying used, get a vehicle history report. Make sure you get it checked out by a trusted mechanic. And whether you're buying new or used, make sure you know the vehicle's price. What is it worth? Again, Kelly Blue Book, Edmonds are, are good resources. There's plenty of used um, websites out, or plenty of car websites out there that vehicle websites that can find used or new cars. Carfax, cars.com. Um, why so why consider buying used again you're gonna save on depreciation focus on that three to four years old you're gonna save on insurance make sure to have it inspected pay in cash are you, are you gonna pay in cash what are the interest rates what about the opportunity cost you can get history at carfax.com and again I'm not necessarily pushing used or new but if you are someone who is gonna only keep it for a couple years I would lean towards used. if you know you're gonna keep it 10 15 plus years and you're just not comfortable with someone else who owned the vehicle, then buy new. But just make sure you're going to keep it for a long time. So let's let's go through kind of an example of new versus old here. And we're still in step two. So let's just compare not quite new, but a twenty a twenty nineteen a twenty a twenty twenty Toyota Camry LE versus a twenty seventeen Toyota Camry LE. So MSRP is a little over twenty four thousand new versus one that is three years old with about 13,000 miles is $8,000 cheaper. And that's from CarMax. A single owner, you have seven day money back guarantee. The new vehicle lost 35%, about 8,500 of its value in the first three years. 
So again, there are new, there are used vehicles out there that are only a few years old, not a ton of miles, less than 13,000. And that's a car, Toyota Camry. Let's look at a Ford Escape. Again, we're comparing apples to apples, exact same model, everything. So new vehicle, Ford Escape, a little over 24,000, Ford Escape S. Um, lost about 34% in the first few years, which is about a little over $8,000. Uh, Three-year-old vehicle Ford Escape, about 10,000 miles. Again, is about $8,000 cheaper, and that's from Car Gurus. Again, a single owner. So there are options out there if you are willing to put in the time and the research and the effort into it. There are reliable used vehicles out there. Step three, are you going to do a loan or are you going to do no loan? So again, you have the you have the budget answer, you have the used versus new answer. Now are you going to do a loan or no loan? If you are, you want to make sure you do pre-approval, you want to make sure you do financing, and know your credit score prior to this too. So just like we talked about with the home buying, you want to have a credit score ideally 760 or above. That's going to give you the best interest rate, which is going to save you money over the long term. You're going to pay less in interest. If you need a loan, make sure you get pre-approved prior to negotiating with a car salesman. Step four, build a list. What, what are you looking for? Again, you already know user new. Are you looking for SUV? Are you looking for van? Are you looking for car? Are you looking for sedan? Are you looking for luxury? What are you looking for? Narrow that down to a couple different vehicles, a couple different models, a couple different styles. And what features do you want in the car? Do you want leather seats? Do you want heated seats? Do you need five passenger, six passenger, four passenger? What size of trunk? What leg room? What kind of technology do you want? Do you need? So answer all those questions. Step five, do your research. So once you have some of that figured out, do your research online. And this is important because then we are in the comfort of our own home. For example, if you're doing it at home and you're not pressured by a salesman in a, in a parking lot or in the, in the car dealership. So again, you have those features, the size, et cetera, already kind of nailed down a little bit. At least you're narrowing that scope. You're planning on keeping that car for a while, ideally 10, 15 plus years, whether buying used or new, and just do do some research. You should spend a ton more time online versus at the car dealership. When you when you find when you narrow down your list even more to a couple, then you're ready to go to the car dealership and test drive some cars. That's when you're ready for that. You should not go there trying to research cars. You should already have that due diligence done. Step seven, know the pricing. What What is it worth? You've done that. You've gone to Kelly Blue Book. You've gone to the Edmonds. And you know the language of MSRP, invoice, fair purchase price. So Kelly Blue Book has a fair purchase price when you go to their website and you click on it. Basically, it's a range of, and they look at this weekly, based upon other vehicles around the area and this is based upon the MSRP supplied by the dealer offering this vehicle for sale. So making sure that you're getting a fair deal is that fair purchase price. The MSRP is a manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's what that stands for. And so it's the price set by the manufacturer. The invoice is the invoice price is the price that the manufacturer charges its dealers. So the car dealership is being charged by the manufacturer for the vehicle. Those are the different um, items, and 
make sure you are abreast of what those are for your specific vehicle or vehicles that you are looking at. So step eight, are you going to sell or are you going to trade in your vehicle? Again, making sure you know your trade-in value. You don't need to say you're trading in the vehicle until you're ready to negotiate. So that's step nine. You decide on your vehicle and you negotiate. You know the new car pricing. You understand invoice versus MSRP versus fair purchase price range. So you're ready to negotiate. That, that invoice, that sticker price that you see on the car, you can always come down from that. And even, even when you even when they come back with their first initial line, more than likely you can come down again, especially if it's at the end of the year, end of the month time where they want to get that car off the lot. You know, we're getting towards the end of 2020. They want to get those 2020 cars off the lot, you know, mid, late December because they have 2021s coming on the lot already. So, so know that. They have deals at the end of the month if you're, if you're in the market at that time. So know your vehicle's pricing, know the, know the terminology, the language, making sure that you're willing to walk away if you don't get what you're shooting for. You should have a range, a number in your head that you are willing to, willing to do that works within your budget that you're not going to share and that you're willing to walk if it's not within that. And a lot of times if you're willing to walk, they may come down again off of your negotiation. And then afterwards, after you negotiate on the new, if you're buying a new vehicle, after you negotiate on the vehicle, then you can say, okay, I have a trade-in. Now can you value that trade-in? And from that, then are they giving you a fair purchase price on that trade-in, or do you want to go through selling it on your own? You know, that's kind of a personal decision there. But again, you can negotiate on that trade-in value too if you've done your research. Step 10, check your insurance. So factor in insurance and registration costs. Know those costs before buying, making sure that your insurance carrier has those numbers to you and review those. If you're down to a couple of vehicles that you're just not real sure on, look at the insurance cost difference because that is going to add up over time. And then step 11, you're going to review and close the deal. You're ready to go. You've done your research, you've done your due diligence, you're comfortable, it's within your budget, you've done everything. Now you can breathe a sigh of relief. And, and move on. But again, my call to action to you is making sure that you do your research prior to making an impulsive decision when buying a vehicle and factor in all those costs and those long-term costs. Don't just get caught up in that sticker price. So again, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Peeling Back Money in Life. Please share this with, with three people. If you, right now, we want to reach more people. I'd love to hear about what you think, what you'd like to hear about in the future. If you haven't given a five-star rating on iTunes, please do so. And lastly, for the disclaimer, this podcast for educational purposes only as anything that you'd find online. I only give advice to people I know their personal situation. And without knowing yours, it would be foolish to provide advice. For advice, consult the experts you may have in your life, your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor. Essentially, the people who know you and your situation personally.